Good morning, church. Good morning, family. Uh, good to be with you wherever you are uh, again this morning. Coming once again from my garage. Hopefully this morning there won't be the uh, the sound of the washing machine or dishwasher or any other such appliance in the background. Um, but uh, we're here. We're here in my garage once again, and um, it is great to be able to to do this on Easter Sunday. Definitely not the ideal way for us to celebrate this most significant uh, date in our in our church calendar. Um, Paul said it really clearly in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. He said that if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is our faith. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, if we don't have this resurrection Sunday, everything else that we do, everything else that we preach is useless. It's a waste of time. And uh, and so we have, in spite of all that's going on, we still mark this day. We still celebrate this event in our in our in our in our lives, in our families, in our communities. Uh, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And uh, this morning, I, I would love us to go to go back a wee bit. I'd love us to go back to the cross for 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 a bit. But even before that, I'd love us to go right back to right back to the beginning. I'd love us to go right back to Genesis chapter one. And uh, and I'm I'm sure that for many of you this morning. Uh, you will be, if you're familiar with the story of the gospel, if you're familiar with the story of the cross, you've been around church long enough, you'll know the doctrine of original sin. Uh, that we've, we've made a mess. We need someone to come and help you, to come and rescue us. Uh, but I'd love this morning for a wee bit just to consider uh, original design. I think we, we go straight to original sin before we even begin with the first we almost forget that Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 are there and so I'd love us to just to read a few verses from um, Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 uh, to 28 hear the heart of God right back from the beginning for those that he has created let then God said let us make man in our image in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, extend the borders. God was saying, subdue it, rule over it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves in the ground. And then just let me quickly make reference to um, Genesis 3, verse 8. Uh, the man and wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And so I just want us to consider original design. I'm not trying to take away from the fact that that humanity failed, that, that we sinned and we've fallen short. But to go back even further and see the original design that God had for us as his image bearers, those that would 
that would bear his image, that would rule and, and subdue and extend his, extend his borders across the earth, across the nations. That, is, that has continued to be his, his heart, his design for those of us created in his likeness, created in his image. Right back at the beginning, the original design was he, that he would walk. He would walk with us, that heaven and earth would be joined, that there would be no separation. There would be no barrier between heaven and earth. That was, your, that was the original design that we see right back at the beginning. And even when humanity failed, God's plan didn't. And so the story of the Old Testament from, from beginning to end is, is God trying to restore that original design trying to re-establish what humanity had given away. And we see him making, these, making his promises, this covenant-keeping God, the, the covenant nature of God, is, it, it, is, it is breathtaking. The covenant love that he has for his people. And I'd encourage you, it's so beautifully demonstrated in Isaiah, Isaiah, chapters, Isaiah chapters 40 right through to the end, particularly Isaiah 40 to 55. See this, the nature of this covenant covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. And from and the whole way through the scriptures, there's, there's this constant cycle of, of humanity, of man and woman, mankind failing. But God doesn't give up his plan. His plan was that he would use his chosen people to be a, to be a light to all the nations, that they would be a light to the rest of the world. His design, his heart was that he would be present with us. That he would be always with us. And we see the fulfillment of that original design. If we were to, if we were to go right from the beginning here, flick right to the end, Revelation 21 and 22, we see the fulfillment of that original design. Uh, whenever the, the heavens and the earth, the new heavens and the, and the new earth come down, not that we're getting out of here. God's saving plan is the new heavens and the new earth. The saving plan is not, to, is not for us to escape out of here. For many of us, we're fam- that's what we're familiar with when it comes to the, to the gospel narrative that we've, that, we've, that we've assumed, that we've inherited. We've, we've, we believe that we, we have to get out of this place, that... The idea of the gospel, the idea of the cross is that Jesus came to, because we had made wrong choices, we'd made bad decisions. We needed forgiveness so that we'd go to heaven when we die, but so much bigger than that, so much grander and wider and more expansive than that. God's saving plan was new heavens and new earth, and through the death of Jesus, we fast forward and right, to the, right towards the cross again, through the death of Jesus, all of that original design is being restored. All of that original design is being re-established. And so on the cross, as we, as we, as we rush forward from Genesis 1 right back, right to, to, to the Gospels, um, we'll, we, we were there two days ago as we, as we celebrated Good Friday. And so the question that maybe some of us ask, the time it comes round to this Easter time, we maybe think, what was it? 
what was it by 6pm on that Friday evening that changed because the truth is something had changed something had radically changed something had changed forever at 6pm on that Friday evening when Matthew's gospel tells us that the earth shook and the veil was torn in two the temple was torn in two and we don't have time to go into all of that this morning but it is it's remarkable the veil was the thing that that was that barrier it was that it was that barrier that that prevented us from fully accessing the presence of God it was the barrier between the holy place and the most holy place that not everybody had access to but that was torn in two I think it's hugely significant as we consider that the original design being restored and being re-established through the death of Jesus something radical changed at 6pm on that good Friday when the, when, the, when the veil was torn in two and and heaven and earth were it's almost like it was joined together again there was no longer this barrier Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 Paul says that that God was bringing all things in heaven and on earth together under one head Jesus Christ so the distance that was created the distance that had been created because of because of humanity's failure to worship because of humanity's um, because they've given away their authority, they've given away their the design that God had created them to to live out, the people that He had intended them to be. There was a distance created, a barrier had been set up. The curtain was torn in two, and and that barrier came down. That distance that had been created, God was bringing all things together he was bringing heaven and earth together under Jesus Christ and we've looked at, we've looked a lot like how can we how can we not but every Sunday look to Jesus the author the perfecter the finisher of our faith the one who reveals to us the beauty and and the wonder of of a father he's the one who who shows us how to live he's our saviour he's our lord he's king and so as we we continue to familiarise ourselves with the story of the gospels and the story of the New Testament the New Testament story is the story of the kingdom coming to earth and the cross is right at the centre the, the, the death burial and resurrection of Jesus are right at the centre of this New Testament story of the kingdom coming to earth. And so I just sense the importance of that uh, that restoration of the of of the original design of our original design. And so I love Second Corinthians chapter five. Like I don't know, I don't know this whether it's true or not but potentially one of the one of the places that I've spoken from the most and here we see what, what God was doing God had, God had not I know what your theology is but God had not abandoned Jesus do you want to know where God was 
when Jesus was on the cross, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He was reconciling the world to himself. He was, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, in there is, the, is this restoration of our original design. Image, the image bearers that he created us to be, partnering with him to see his kingdom come and his will being done on the earth. And in his, in his wisdom, he has, he has given us, he has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. The same way as he, as he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. The same way that he had promised Abraham and the children of Israel and, and all those who came after that they would be his chosen people. They would be the ones that would re reflect his image to the nations. They would be a light to the rest of the nations. And that is the, the, the responsibility that is on us. That is the mandate that is upon us. People that have been caught up with, by the love of Jesus, most clearly demonstrated on the cross. People that have been consumed by the hope that the resurrection brings. We have been entrusted with the, this message of reconciling people to Father, not counting their sins against them. And so on the cross, the cross is, is, the, the, is it the death by which Christ conquers death. On the cross, we see the supreme demonstration of the love of God. On the cross, we see this enduring model of co-suffering love that we are to follow. I love what, what Brian Zahn says. He says the cross is not the appeasement of an angry, bloodthirsty God. The cross is not where Jesus saves us from God, but where Jesus reveals God as saviour. The cross is not what God inflicts on Jesus in order to forgive, but what God in Christ endures as he forgives. I'm sure you're you're like me and you've been you've consumed too much media over the last number of weeks and months. And there's some I believe, in my opinion, there's been some horrible representations of God in reference to this crisis. Some horrible representations from God coming from people who 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 follow this God of of like who who suffered and gave his life as a demonstration of the lengths that he would go to restore and to reconcile those that he created and designed in his own image. There's been some horrible representations of his nature in reference to this crisis, but there's also been and continues to be horrible representations of God when it comes to the crucifixion. As I've just read, Jesus doesn't, the cross is not where Jesus saves us from God, but where Jesus reveals God as Saviour. See, we've read enough, we've talked enough about how Jesus is the exact representation of God. We've seen, we've heard enough from the lips of Jesus himself, where he said, if you want to see what the Father is like, it's, it's, you look at me. 
look at me and and Paul said it that, that I, I I desire to know nothing else but but Christ and him crucified so if we want to see what the father is like we look to Jesus and Jesus the 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 nature of Jesus is most clearly demonstrated on the cross according to Paul where he laid down his life he laid down his life for his enemies He's, he laid down his life for those that had rejected him for those that had turned away from him from those that had denied him and betrayed him Jesus reveals him as saviour the God of him Incredible, steadfast, unfailing covenant love. It's not the nature of God. If we trust what Jesus reveals, God is not inflicting on Jesus in order to forgive, but the cross is what God in Christ endures as he forgives. I read this beautiful quote in, in an article this week by a lady called Tish Harrison Warren. <clears throat> and then she said the resurrection is the only evidence that love triumphs over death that weakness prevails over strength and beauty over ashes if Jesus is risen in actual history with all the palability of flesh fingers bone and blood there is hope that our mourning will be completed and death will not have the last word and what beautiful words what beautiful words for the moment that we find ourselves in right now. That in spite of everything that's going on around us, in spite of the impact that this pandemic is having across our world, there is hope because of the resurrection. There is hope that our mourning will be completed and that death will not have the last word. <coughs> the resurrection, it's the beginning of this new age it's, it's God restoring re-establishing that original design it's so much grander and bigger than we could have ever have thought or ever have imagined it's not a case of us asking for the cross is not a case of us asking for forgiveness for our sins so that we get out of here so that we go to heaven when we die God's saving plan as we've said is new heavens and new earth he's restoring he's re-establishing his original design his original intention it's, it's, it's huge the enemy it's been defeated. And I love what, what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2. That the enemy has been disarmed. What Jesus has done on the cross, he's, it's, it's monumental. It is truly the beginning of something new. It's this new age, this new creation. The enemy has been disarmed. He has been made a public spectacle of. He's been disarmed, he's been disgraced, and he's been defeated. Jesus has triumphed over him. Through the cross, he's been triumphed. He's been defeated. It's an incredible verse, Colossians 2, verse 14 and 15. The enemy has been disarmed. He's been made a public spectacle of. Jesus triumphed over him on the cross. 
And all of that, all of that has been confirmed beyond doubt by the bodily resurrection of Jesus. The beginning of this new age, the beginning of this new creation, confirmed beyond all doubt by the bodily resurrection of Jesus. And the resurrection is the clearest demonstration to us that love wins. The beginning of that quote that I, that I read is, the resurrection is, is the only evidence that love triumphs. It's so true. The resurrection is the clearest demonstration to us that love wins. So if you're feeling defeated, if you're feeling discouraged and disappointed, I'm hoping and praying that the resurrection would give you, would remind you this clear demonstration that love wins. That the resurrection is the most certain of hopes that we have. Paul said it, if we don't have this, we are, if it's, if, if it's not for the resurrection, we are a people to be pitied. We have nothing to offer. But the resurrection is, offers us the most certain of hopes that we possess and it's the most certain of hopes that we have to offer. At all times, but especially in times of uncertainty, especially in times of hopelessness. And so there's this, this, the end of this Holy Week, all that this is built up to, the, the, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is demonstrating his heart, is demonstrating the heart of God. It's revealing to us the longing that he has, the Father God has, that we would be who he has created us to be. This longing that is within Father God, right from the beginning, that, the, that that barrier that has been created between heaven and earth would be destroyed, that there'd be this access, there'd be this access to enter in boldly before the throne access to, to enter into the presence of God. Division, the walls of division have been destroyed. His longing is that all of that would be destroyed. The distance that has been created would be there no longer because it has been his longing from the beginning. And the life, death and resurrection of Jesus demonstrates that. Reveals his longing that we would be who he has created us to be. Knitting each one of us together in our mother's womb. Forming and fashioning, fashioning us. Creating us as divine image bearers. His longing, his heart that we would be free. Free to be his image bearers. Experiencing his presence everywhere we go. And, and as, that be, as that becomes real for us, as we experience the reality of that, that we would become overwhelmed by his love. And that we would overflow with hope. And so whoever you are this morning, wherever you find yourself, whether you're part of Grace Community Church or not, whether you're part of whatever church you're a part of, whatever faith you're part of, whether you've experienced God before and have walked away. Honestly, like, 
no matter who you are, what you've done, or even what you're doing, Father's heart for you remains the same. He is relentlessly pursuing you. And the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is the clearest demonstration of the lengths that he would go so that you would know him. So you would be reconciled back into right relationship with him. Back into the people that he has longing and created you to be. Back into that heart that he had from the beginning that we would walk with him, that we would be continually aware of his presence, overwhelmed with his love and overflowing with hope. And this incredible story that he has entrusted to us, that he has invited us in on. It's his heart that we would then display that everywhere we go. It'd be the, we bring light to all people, light to all nations. And so my heart for, for whoever you are and wherever you find yourself is that you all would experience something of what the early disciples experienced. They still did not know what was going on. They thought all hope had been snuffed out. They thought that they'd given themselves to something that was now that was now dead and gone. And they'd locked themselves away in fear. That's where the disciples found themselves before the resurrected Jesus came among them and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. It was the message he repeated over and over upon his resurrection to a people who were unsure of what was going on. And they locked themselves away in isolation. The real sense of hopelessness. And Jesus comes and says, my peace be with you. And honestly, that is truly my prayer for you all this morning. That you would have an experience that the presence of resurrected Jesus would would be evident in your homes today. And you would experience that same level of peace in our moment of being locked away. The resurrected Jesus would come and bring his peace and his presence and his comfort. So thanks for being with us this morning. Know that we are missing you. Know that we love you. Know that we're here for you. And I can't wait till we get to physically be together and celebrate who he is and what he's done, and what he's longing to do, what he's longing to, to reestablish, what he's longing to restore in us and, and through us for his for his name's sake so bless you all have a good day and we'll talk again soon bye